Uh, so I went to contend in Colorado, and for me personally, I, amen. Um, I don't know, guys. Like, okay, so yesterday when I came back, and uh, I had like a good like two-hour talk like with my mom about my family, and I, I think for me like more than anything, like my heart for prayer and my desire to pray grew so much more, and not just like the desire to pray. But what I'm praying for and the belief that God, my prayers can actually move heaven. Um, and that's like a big thing that this conference was about, is believing that your prayers can move heaven. Your prayers can assign angels to different tasks so that when the victory is won in the heavenly realms, then it manifests in the physical. Yeah. Um, like, yeah, TBH. Um, <laughs> like, TBH, my family, I've been, I've, my family, like, Half of my family has kind of been following from God. Um, and I knew that, but I never actually persisted in praying it because I thought, like, I think I did pray for it for a while, but at some point there's so much doubt in my heart saying, like, oh, like your prayers aren't going to do anything. Just, oh, just trust in God that he's going to do something eventually. But no, it's like, but after this conference, I believe, like, no, my, my prayers can make a difference. You know, my prayers can make a difference in my family. My prayers can make a difference in us seeking God together. And after talking with my mom for like two hours, like it even stirred, it stirred my heart even more that I want my family to know God and I want them to have salvation. And it's, it's the, like, I want to keep, I want, honestly, I want to like buy so many things for myself. Like, I was like, oh, I kind of want to buy a TV. I kind of want to buy like a new computer and all these like useless things but then I realized at this conference like what does it mean if I can't have the salvation of my family like what's the point of having all this if I when I die and I go to heaven like if I don't see them there with me like guys our prayers are so powerful God sees your prayers and heaven moves on behalf of your prayers. But you need to have faith that your prayers can move mountains, that your prayers can decree heaven and decree angels to go forth. And honestly, like, like, we, like we fasted a lot during this conference. But fasting, I realized, like, there's so much power in fasting. Like, it's literally like Pastor Dennis says. It's like your prayers are like this, and the prayer and fasting is like, boom, just up there, you know. It's like God just like multiplied like your pistol to like a machine gun or like something, you know? But that's, that's really what it is. Like, I, I've never had so much conviction in my life to fast and pray for my family. And that's, that's like one of the main things I got from this conference. Let's get the lights and let's get a little background music because I want us to receive, okay? We're not here to listen to some nice stories. We're here to receive an impartation of faith. Am I making sense? So when, when Josh is sharing, I want to say, God, give me that kind of, of conviction for prayer and for fasting. God, save. I want my family to be saved too. Am I making sense? Because I really do believe right now where there's an impartation of faith. What I want you guys to do is after you share, then I want you to pray. Okay? And we're going to come into agreement with your prayer. Okay, let's pray. God, would you stir up faith in our hearts? God, let us not be afraid. Let us not be holded, like bind down by our anxiety and by our own fears father but give us faith that our prayers can move mountains and our prayers can shift reality and shift the heavens father god god i ask god that you would stir a desire to pray 
to fast, God, on behalf of our peers, on behalf of our families, God. Give us a hunger and a desire to let go of the things that we desire, Father God, and to seek after the greater things in you, Father God. Yes, God. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Um, I really didn't want to share, but I feel like the Lord was telling me to. Uh, the big thing right into it is I realized that I was too fixed on my personal destiny before going into this. I was too fixed on my personal calling and how I can fulfill that, right? But the major thing at this conference is that if you are fixed on your personal destiny, you are not fixed on God's plan for your life, right? Because God's plan for your life, if your destiny does not involve a corporate sense of for, the other, for other people aside from you, then it's not from God because Jesus' destiny was to fulfill life for everyone. And so if your destiny is just for yourself, um, it's, not God, it's not God's plan. And so um, I feel like the Lord is really uh, speaking that to me uh, personally. And yeah, just like Josh was saying, I, um, there was just a great sense that I felt in my life that I need to pray. I need to fast. And one of the big things that, just a really short like story, David Kim was speaking. And then he was talking about a prayer meeting. And it was super dry. Like there was no presence of God. Like nothing was happening. And then he told them just straight up. He was like, if you feel like you're dying in this prayer meeting, just die. Because your death does more than you being disengaged, right? And I realized, like, I was like, dude, I want that. Like, I want that, you know? And, like, that was encouraging to me because there's so many times this past year where, you know, prayer meetings and whatnot, like, felt super disengaged. And, I, I, you know, I felt like dying. And I realized the call to die, right? Like, the call to truly die to yourself, right? A lot of these guys did, like, 40-day water fast, man. And they were like, I literally thought I was going to die. And God said, because you do have to die if you want to see revival. And I felt like the Lord um, was just planning on my heart that um, that's the reality of the situation. That I'm like a super idealist type of person. And then God's starting to bring me back to reality and saying like, Jonathan, you know, I really honor your desire to see revival. But when are you going to fight for it truly? Like, when are you really going to give your life for it? And I realized like, revival is like not, it's not fun. It's not supposed to be fun. Like, Fighting for it is not supposed to be like, ooh, like, dude, revival, like, yeah. Like, it's supposed to be like, God, like, I want revival in this place right now, Lord. Lord, I ask of you. Like, it's supposed to be like that. You know, you have to cry out to him. And I'm not trying to be masochistic. I'm not trying to be a guy who's like, you need to suffer for Christ. But, but Paul says in Philippians, right, that we have, given, we have been given the honor to share in the sufferings of Christ, right? And it is those who suffer. It is the stories of the nameless and faceless that I, I learned, I realized. It's the story of those nameless people that no one knows right now. But in the heavenlies, they're going to be seated at the right hand of God. And they're going to be given the, the highest honor. So it was just big, a lot of humbling uh, for me. I was talking to other people. A lot of humbling and um, just a lot of crazy. Well, okay, one last story. Uh, David was saying... David Kim was also um, talking about, like, um, he was in a prayer meeting at some, like, college campus, and then they were praying so loud that the praise team couldn't sound check, right? So imagine, like, you know, this is pretty loud, right? And they're doing music, and the prayer, praise the prayer team is so loud that no one, they can't even sound check. And then the praise leader, I think, went up to David and said, like, hey, we can't sound check, bro. And David's like, you do your job. We'll do our job. <laughs> like, dude. I got so stirred in my heart. I was like, God, send me a situation like that so I can say that to them. <laughs> so I can be like, you do your job. We'll do our job now. Because, <laughs> you know, that's so crazy. You know, like that's, that's the power of prayer. You know, like we need people to stand the gap. And I realized that in my life, um, 
yeah, like I, I'm a sore thumb in the in a Christian community, but God made me this way, and I feel I feel really uh, like I, I've, I'm okay with it now. So I'll I'll just pray. I'll pray. <laughs> Father God, Lord, I just pray right now, God. God, the cry of my heart, and I pray that the cry of our hearts, God. Lord, give me revival or I die, God. Lord, give me souls or I will die, Lord. Can we just stand up right now and just lift our hands? And if, if you don't want to lift your hands, it's okay because I believe the few who will lift their hands will shake heaven. Father, I pray right now, God. Lord, send revival, God. Lord, send revival for my life, Lord. That's the prayer. That's the cry of my heart. Lord, I pray every single person here right now, God, you would instill a fire in their hearts, Lord, to desire something so much greater than themselves, God. Something from heaven, Lord. Lord, I command of you, God, move in this place right now. Move in America, Lord. Lord, I pray of you, Jesus. God, I'm tired of the same old church. I'm tired of the same routine God when was the last time Lord we came into this church believing that we were entering the courts of heaven God Lord I pray we would believe that in this place today father we thank you for everything you've done but you're not done yet God you're doing more God Lord I pray for revelation in this place because revelation involves participation God so we want to participate with you we will join hands with the father and say Lord use us God use us Lord father I thank you Jesus for everything that you've done and Lord there's so much more to share. So God, we thank you so much. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You sit down. Um, I wanted to go right after because um, we're similar. But um, So for me, there was this time uh, we were talking about corporate and individual calling. And that's kind of like what Jonathan was talking about. And um, basically the idea is that a lot of us, we live in America, so we are a very individualistic society, right? So we all want our own calling. We want God to tell us, like, this is who you are and this is how you're special and stuff like that. But we always forget about the corporate calling in America, that we're all called um, to pray for revival in America. And we all have a part in what God is doing. And so, um, you know, we were, we were learning about that. And then I remember that night. I know that Jonathan doesn't want me to share, but I'm going to share a little bit. Um, there was a part where, like, Jonathan got to go up and, like, he got, he got like, to pray in front of everyone. And um, I remember just watching him pray. And part of me was like, wow, that's, that's awesome. Like, that's so prophetic. And then part of me is like, like, how come that can't be me, God? Like, I freaking tutored Jonathan, you know? Like, I brought him to church. Like, what about me, God, you know? And, you know, and I was like, and that was my problem. That was like my pride. And I mean, I'm a like me, so like, I want everyone to know. I want everyone to know, like, how, like, I love God. I want people to see it on Facebook or Instagram, whatever. And um, and I was like saying that to God, and I was bitter. And um, I was reminded of like in the Bible how it talks about like Peter and all the prof all the apostles. They would like bring all these people to know God. Like they'll be like Peter preached, and then like a hundred thousand people came to know God. And I was like, God, what if I'm just one of those numbers? Like I don't want to be just one of those numbers. I want to be like Paul, or I want to be like Peter. And God was like, But what if you were? Would that be enough for you? Like, just to know me and just, you know? And um, and I was just convicted about the nameless and faceless. Like, I will gladly give up my fame. I will gladly give up my name and my glory for the sake of revival in America. And so um, I feel like God really humbled me. And um, God really helped me die to my fear, fear of man. 
and I realized like I can't have the fear of man and I can't have the fear of death if I want revival in America if I want God to be glorified I can't fear man and um so there's that and then another thing was I got a lot of vision for my school actually uh, yeah I got a lot of vision. I'm a teacher and um I work in Santa Ana and there's a lot of like poverty and it's really hard like I've had kids like cuss me out and stuff like that and I was really bitter at God this year about that too I was like it's so hard you know and um there was this moment in the first night where um this Lou Engle had a dream about um this woman who like praying they were praying like levantate or something some something in Spanish and he didn't know what it meant and then when he looked it up it was rise up right and we were praying for like the Hispanics um, in America that they would rise up and there was this Hispanic lady who came up and prayed in Spanish and like when she prayed I just started weeping because I like imagine my students like I imagine my students praying that prayer like I was like God could it be like could my students pray like that could I and he like awakened the hope in me um, to pray for my students um, and then, okay this is the last story and, um, and then the last thing was when we were talking about individual and corporate calling, there was a story that where we talked about um, during the Pax Romana in history, um, there are stories about um, while the revival was happening, there were people who would, um, because back then like sickness was really bad, like and if you get sick, you could die, right? And so people would lay out their sick among the streets and just leave them to die. And um, because they didn't want the whole rest of the family to get sick. And then there would be these Christians, these believers, who would take them into their homes. And they would um, heal them. And they would, like, pray for them and take care of them. Because I don't, they didn't want them to die a noble death. I mean, they wanted them to die a noble death. And they were saying, and if, you, if, you, if I die because you die, or because, if I die because you're sick, like, that's okay. But at least you'll die a noble death. And this was the movement that was happening in Rome at the time. And, like, the government saw that and was like, how come these Christians are doing more than the government could do? Like, how come they're taking better, better care of our cities than I could or than we can? And so that story really stirred me up because I was reminded of, again, the nameless and the faceless. Like, yeah, like, we're part of a corporate calling. It's not about us. It's not. God has a great calling for us, but it's but it's within a corporate calling, right, for America. And so um, that's what I received. So I'll pray for us. Um, Lord, Lord, I just pray, God, raise up a people, Lord, who give up their rights, God, to see revival in America, Father. And yeah, God, we just I just ask, God, that you will raise up a nameless and faceless generation, Father, that would... Give up their pride, God. Give up their fear of man, Lord, to see revival in this nation, God. We need a movement of God, Lord, in this nation, God. We're saying, Lord, that we need you, God. And, Lord, we will gladly give up our lives, Father, for the sake of it, God. And so, Lord, we just pray, Father, an impartation of faith right now, God. An impartation of faith, Lord, to, against fear of man, Lord. An impartation of faith, Lord, that allows allow this group... Lord, to rise up and to stand up for um, revival, God. And Lord, raise up intercessors, God, who will raise, who will pray, Lord, in the secret place, Father, not needing fame, Lord, not needing recognition, God. And yeah, God, we just thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done. We just, we just wait, God, for your move, God. We wait for your power, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want you to keep your eyes closed for a second. I just sense, for some of us, we may be feeling a sense of cynicism 
and of jadedness inside of us, even if when we see the enthusiasm or when we see the faith of some of the people up here, I want to lovingly rebuke you right now. If there's a sense of cynicism or jadedness in your heart, I want you to recognize that's not from the Lord. That's not from the Lord. What that will do is it will keep you from receiving faith right now. It'll keep you from receiving faith. If you would come to the kingdom, you must come like a little child. You must come like a little child. There must be a sense of God, I need your grace. I need your grace in my life to understand his ways because his ways are different. I understand some of you have been in places in your past where you had great hopes for, things of, for the things of God and maybe you had a time of disappointment. Maybe you came into a time where maybe a leader in the body disappointed you, or maybe some of your Christian friends disappointed you, or maybe God himself disappointed you, felt like he didn't answer some of the prayers that you've been praying to him. I want to lovingly tell you right now that you need to lay down your disappointment. You need to lay down your disappointment and say, God, I don't know what happened. I don't know why that happened, but I choose to forgive anyone who sinned against me. Anyone who didn't do what was right, I'm going to choose to forgive them right now, and I'm not going to let my jadedness or my cynicism get in the way of what you want to do in my life. Right now, I'm declaring it to you in the name of Jesus that all cynicism and jadedness would be destroyed in Jesus' name. We just speak right now a fresh impartation of faith to you, a fresh hope Right now to your spirit, I just breathe a fresh hope. Your dreams are not dead. I'm declaring it to you right now. Your dreams are not dead in God. They may have been seasons ago. They may have been multiple seasons ago. But the Lord says they're not dead. Right now I just speak a fresh hope. And right now I even declare to you that the Lord, He delights to raise the dead. And I just, I just declare to some of you that there are dreams in your past that died. But I declare to you that God will raise them up. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, I'm going to keep it short. So I'm just going to talk about the last day. Um, the last day, David Kim from the call was preaching, and he was asking, um, he's preaching about uh, David in the Bible and how in First Chronicles 21, he was, um, David sinned, and he fell into sin, and then um, Israel was going to, uh, Israel was going to get, judgment for what he did and um but then david david bought a threshing floor to to build an altar and um he was offered it for free but he he chose to pay for it he chose to full the pay the full price and make a costly sacrifice and um and so david kim from the call was telling us and asking anyone who wanted to come forth um to lay down their lives to to say, to make a covenant with God and to say that, that my life no longer matters um, and that we want to see revival and we want to see reformation in America. Um, and then, so I was like wrestling with that and I was like, I was literally on the wall like weeping um, for like 20 minutes. I was like thinking about like, Like every person, everything I was going to lose to see revival. I was mashing every person, every everything that I was going to lose. And I just couldn't get myself to say yes. And um, I was battling it. I was battling so much. I was just like, God, I can't, I can't give this up for people I don't even know. But after about like 20 minutes, 
I was able to say yes, but then he was asking, you know, would, now if God asks you to lay down your salvation for other people's salvation, for this nation's salvation, would you? And I was like, dude, I don't know. Like, like for me to be in hell, for me to suffer in hell for this nation, like, I don't know if I could do that. But then I was able to say yes to that too. And I was able to say yes, God, you know, when, when you decided, when, when I decided to become a Christian, it was no longer about me. It was no longer about my destiny, how glorious my destiny was going to be, how awesome it was going to be. Um, and it's kind of like what they already said. Um, but I was also able to say yes because, um, like, I realized I had this revelation, like, you know, as, as Christians, if we're trying to be Christian, if we're trying to love Jesus, we're trying to become like Jesus, you know, laying your, di laying your life down for revival is like one of the greatest forms of love. And, and I was just reminded that, and I was like, called to love. We're all called to love, and so why wouldn't I li lay my life down for this greater purpose and for, for God to have his way, for God to do what he wants to do? And... Yeah, so I was just like, wow, that's, that's a great form of love, and I want to do that, and I want to lay my life down. Yeah, so I just want to pray for us. Um, God, Lord, we just, we say that we surrender. We say that we lay down these mundane things in our lives, Father, Lord, to see your greater glory, to see you do what you want to do, Father. You're asking for labors, Father, Lord, and we say here we are. God, I pray that you would use us, Father, Lord, and I pray that, God, that we would just be convicted by your love, Father, how your son died for the greater purpose. Your son died as an act of love, God, so I just pray that we would die as an act of love to see you bring forth revival and reformation in America and in our campuses, Lord. Yes, God, we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Yeah. Oh, also, just... Um, because of this, I was having greater vision and greater faith for a Long Beach House of Prayer. And so, um, it's coming. <laughs> Amen. Uh, hi, I'm Sam. Um, so this is my technically first mission trip. Um, for those of you who don't know, my parents aren't Christian. So um, it's very hard for them to say yes to things that I want to do, like for church. Um, like, they don't even like me being at church that much um, like throughout the week and everything because they don't know who God is. Like, they understand, like, oh, yeah, like, this is something that I want to do. And, like, yeah, it's better than you being on the streets and stuff, but, you know. Um, so I really wanted to honor my parents, and I was uh, really glad that they, were, they allowed me to go this year. Um, and I feel like, because uh, I've been contending for my parents to be saved. Um, and so when they said yes, that I could go, I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I thought they were joking. Um, but leading up to this conference, uh, I was on fire, like something in my heart, the Lord was telling me I'm about to do something. I'm about to do something in the nations that I, that we have never seen before. Um, and I was like, okay, I don't really know what to do with this information. Like God told me that he's going to do something, but I was like, okay, well, what are you going to do? And he just told me just to wait, just to wait. So, um, we get to Colorado. It was a two day drive and 
I just felt my spirit was burning up inside. My heart was on fire because I knew that God was about to move. Um, but then the first day of the conference, I felt nothing. I was like, dude, what the freak? Like, I was so on fire. And then the first day of the conference, I get there and nothing's happening. People are getting blessed. People are getting slain. And I'm just like, dude, like, what am I doing here, God? Like, why am I here? Um, but then the second day, they talked about um, high schools in Colorado. And this was the thing that stabbed me in the heart the most because they said that at one high school, one high school in Colorado Springs, 17 people that year committed suicide. And that was the hardest thing for me because for those of you who know my testimony, I had multiple suicide attempts when I was in high school. And it was hard because I didn't think that God had a plan for me. I didn't think that God had something to do with my life. But then when God turns my testimony around and wants me to be, become an epic teacher just to be able to pour into students, that's when God has convicted me that he has a plan, that I'm not just standing here for no reason, that I'm not just here in this ministry for no reason. And God has been moving in mighty ways. I didn't even want to come up here today. But when God reminds me that nothing is impossible nothing is impossible it's not impossible for him to save my household it's not impossible for him to save our nation it's not impossible to save the students in our high school ministry it's not impossible that's when I knew that God has a plan that God is moving in our church that God is moving in our nation and um, <laughs> I received a lot of healing during uh during this retreat, a lot of healing that was in my heart that I thought wasn't there, a lot of conviction that I just pushed off aside. God rebuked my pride so hard this conference. He said, you came in with high expectations, but as soon as the enemy does one little push to you, you fall down. And as soon as that happened, I just knew that I had to surrender to the Father. I had to surrender my life and say, God, I am here. You need to use me for your kingdom. When he said, you need to pray for your family to be saved. You need to pray for your students to be saved. Even my three-year-old sunland kids can be saved through the Lord. That was one of the things that hurt me the most. Would I give up my salvation for my sunland students? Would I give up my salvation? And at first I was like, I don't know, God. I don't know. But when, when God said to count the cost, I was counting them one by one and one and saying, God, here I am. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to pray from here. Uh, Father, I just pray that you would open our hearts, that you would open our eyes today, God. I pray that you would see that there is a revival that is about to fall in America, God. I just pray right now that your spirit is going to intercede on our behalf, God, for our campuses, for our nation, God. I pray that you would touch uh, the hearts of of everybody who is here today, God, I pray that you would um, put an impartation of faith into our hearts, God, that we would not be afraid, God, that we would not be ashamed of what it is that you are doing in our lives, God, and I pray for those who are depressed right now in the name of Jesus, God, I just rebuke depression right now, God, I say that you are powerful, God, I say that you are a God who wants to move in our hearts, that wants us to surrender our lives, to surrender everything that we have in the name of Jesus, God, right now I just contend over on behalf of our nation, God, I pray that you would save the students in our high schools, God, and I pray that suicide will not be something that is taken by the enemy God right now I just pray God that your spirit is going to move your spirit is going to move God I thank you for everything that you are doing in our in our nation in our life today God in Jesus name I pray amen my name is Stephanie and uh, I really didn't want to come up either because I didn't feel qualified because I didn't process enough but God rebuked me and was like 
take your eyes off of yourself and look at your brothers and sisters. Some of them need to hear this. So I'm here not to brag, but to say God loves you guys. Um, some of you guys are at, already asked me how content was for me, and I, was, I just said it was hard, and I felt really, it was hard. And so this, this uh, revelation, this testimony, I want to share specifically for the people that has, has already heard the message of revival, that already contented on their campus, in their family, and feel like it's hard, specifically for uh, Cal Poly House of Prayer. We've been contending for three years, and we felt like nothing is going on. That's why I was like, everything sucks, God. But um, so a little bit about myself. I mean, not about myself, but just so you guys know where I'm coming from. Um, coming to this event, a lot of the things that were taught were things that was actually the only reason I went to college. You guys know my testimony. It's like I was going to go to another school, but I decided to go to a school that I need, I'm going now because God convicted me with this very message when I was a, a high school. In senior in high school, I said yes to God. I said, God, I'm going to contend for this campus. So senior year, hearing this very same message that, that struck my heart in high school, I just look back upon like all the stuff that I was shown into and I was very hurt. And in my hurt, I built up walls where I began to like disqualify people in the room, disqualifying myself. And the whole time I was like, God, I, like you need, if you want me to continue to contend, God, you need to do something in my heart. Um, but TBH, it didn't feel like anything happened. But um, to summarize a whole entire meeting this uh i don't i forgot who one of the speakers said um intimacy moves his heart but dominion is what gives him honor and that was one of the words that i was like i want to get that tattoo on my arms the moment i get home like my senior girls knows like getting tattoos is kind of my love language i'm like i want to get that tattoo this so i don't ever forget it so the heart is that like intimacy with god is what moves his heart and i believe a lot of you guys have that but that vision of dominion taking principalities taking your campus taking your family praying for those things is not because we're good but it's because it gives an honor we say God you're worthy of our campus you're worthy of our household you're worthy of my life right and um, one of the last message they preached was about uh, being on the altar and I was like yes Lord you know that I've been on the altar but staying on the altar and that when I was like I don't want to listen to this, God. He's <laughs> like, because it's so hard staying on the altar, especially if your heart is really to love God. Because the more I stay on it, the more I recognize, God, every time I pray for my campus, I don't actually love the students. When I go to my classroom, I'm praying, contending for all of their souls, but I actually don't take the time to evangelize to them. I actually don't take the time to ask my students, how are you doing? And more and more in my selfishness, more and more my fear gets exposed, and, and I don't want to stay on the altar anymore. But one of the very encouraging words that, um, that one, of the, one of the speakers said that I want to speak to some of you guys that may already have been on the altar and it's been hard. He said sometimes we, we try so hard to die to ourselves and we end up back to ourselves. I try so hard to be holy, to be righteous, so that he can receive the glory. And it's so hard and I just end up like, okay, I don't want to do this, you know. And I just want to encourage whoever, if you guys have been contending, if you guys have already been praying and you feel like everything in you this doesn't qualify, it's the heart of worship. Don't, I know you want to give God honor, but go back to intimacy because it moves his heart and it moves your heart. 
and he takes the time and it's worth it even over our house of prayer this year even if we just take if you ask us the whole three year we're just like, okay we're going to sit at god's feet and we're going to worship him if this year is the same let it be because i don't want to leave my campus not looking at the numbers of soul safe but looking at my heart am i still in love with the one so that's my heart and i'm just going to release a prayer father we thank you god that our hope is really built on nothing else than the blood of the lord jesus christ and your righteousness and I ask, God, that we would not trust in the sweetest frame of the lies that says we can do this. I ask, God, that we would trust wholly in Jesus' name. And I pray, Father God, right now, I thank you for the laborers that you have already been sent on their campuses in their family, already for the prayers. I thank you, you said, that those that sow in, in tears will reap a harvest of joy. I ask God, even right now, as you encourage my heart, as you fill my heart for faith, and I pray, Father, of every vision that was cast by my brothers and sisters, I ask for any heart that is responding right now, give them the faith to say yes and yes again. Let us stay on the altar. You will send the fire because we are sacrificing ourselves and you are God that sends fire. So come, Holy Spirit, come. We thank you, Lord. You're good and you love us. It's intimacy. It's intimacy. It's intimacy. Let us go deeper, Lord. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Yo, all right. Uh, so a lot of us are talking about like that last day, right? So on that last day, in that last night, David Kim comes up and he's like, I believe that God has been consecrating our hearts for this very moment, right? And I'm like, oh, dude, that's exactly what I believe too, right? Because the beginning of this trip, going to Colorado Springs, I was so excited because I was like, dude, I want to receive an impartation from God, right? I want a new feeling. I want to I wanna be able to preach not from my own words, but in the power of God. Right? I want to be able to evangelize, not in my own ability, but in the power of God, right? And I, I wanted all these things. And I, my mentality was like, I want an impartation so that I can get closer to God. But God came to me and he said, no, it's not that you receive an impartation and you get closer to me. Get close to me and I'll give you an impartation, right? And so the beginning was tough. Like, Sam, I was like, what the heck? Why am I so disengaged? I don't understand the heart behind anything that we're praying for. Like, like, I'm just like, where are you, right? Like, what the heck, right? And, and then God re reminded me, I received a free book when we went to go visit one of the churches on Sundays. I got a free book, and God put that book in my mind. And I was like, okay, you probably gave me that book for a reason, so I'm going to go check it out. So I opened the book, and I'm reading it, and it, it was talking about how if you want to have more intimate prayer, because it was talking about how, like, people, when they say, like, oh, how are you supposed to pray? They say, oh, you just have a conversation with God. And there's an aspect of truth in that. But he was trying to point out how Jesus, when the disciples asked him, how do we pray? Jesus said, oh, he didn't say, like, oh, you just talk to God. And he said, no, this is how you pray, right? And so there's, a, there's an aspect of learning and knowing how to pray and how to have more intimate prayers. And so the book was talking about how to just, like, pray the Psalms, right? I'm like, dude, I've never done that before. I'm going to pray these psalms. I prayed the psalms, and what happened in my heart was it, it became less of me and more of him, right? It shifted my heart so that it was more focused on him, and it was just about giving God the glory and getting closer to him and praising him and worshiping him. And then all of a sudden, I was able to be engaged during the prayer. I was able to understand the, 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 the heart behind every prayer topic. And I was like, 
each, each day and as every speaker came up and as every person prayed, like my heart was getting more and more and more convicted, right? It's like, it's like, you know, they say there's a circumcision of the heart. It's like, dang, dude, I had like this hardness and he just like sliced it and sliced it and sliced it till that very moment and the last day and the last night where David came was like, I believe God has, cons- has been consecrating our hearts for this very moment, right? And I was like, dude, I totally believe you. Like, I am that guy that you're talking about right now, right? And so I'm like, dude, I'm so ready for whatever he's going to ask, right? And he's like, just imagine with me. There's a line right here, spiritual line to imagine with me, right? When you come up here, we're going to cross this, right? You're going to sign a contract with your name, right? And I was like, oh, dude, I'm so ready, right? I never felt this ready before. Like, the last time I felt this ready was was when I was in Panama and Pastor Paul from 4CM was like, hey, I know some of you guys don't believe in Jesus, so I want to give you guys the opportunity. If you're ready, come up and, and, and put your hands up and start praying. And, you know, in Panama, I was like the first guy out, uh, up there, you know, and I was like, oh, shoot, I'm so ready, right? And, and I was up there, and that's how ready I felt. I was like, man, whatever he asked me, and he said, he said this, is, this is what you're going to be signing. What you're going to be signing is, right, laying down your life for the sake of God whatever it may be, right? And I was like, oh, dude, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm just waiting for him to just say, come up, right? And he's like, but first count the cost. I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I'll count the cost, like, you know? <laughs> and I was like, oh, you know, like, what, what are my costs? And the biggest cost was, for me, this sounds funny. I, I think it's because I already gave up a lot of stuff. But this is funny. He's like, I, I, I told God, okay, I'm going to give up my desire to get married early, <laughs> right? <laughs> It was a huge thing. It was a huge thing. It's a huge distraction from what God wanted me to do, right? And so I was like, God, I give up my desire to get married early, right? It was weird because there's other people here, and I was like, uh, it's okay if they're here. And anyways, my second, my second thing that I laid down was, God, I, I give you my desire for ministry, right? I give you my desire to see souls saved, and I give you my desire to go off on foreign missions because, to be honest, I, don't, I didn't want to be here, right? To be honest, my, 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 the biggest desire in my heart was to go off on missions, right? And a lot of people are like, oh, dude, for me, it's the biggest sacrifice to leave America and go on missions. For me, it's like, no, the biggest sacrifice is to stay here and not go on missions, right? Like, I want to go off to, to foreign missions. I want to go to the Middle East. I want to go to, the, I want to, go to Japan. But God is calling me to stay here. Uh, but I'm, I'm happy with it now. I'm happy with it now, you know? And the, the last thing, I didn't know what else to say. So I was like, God, that's the only thing on my heart. So anything else that is distracting me from getting, from, from seeing your perfect will accomplished here on earth, then I'm laying that down too, right? And I believe God marked me that day, right? He marked me when I first got saved. But I think he marked me in a new way this time, right? And, and, and this time it was to really die to yourself. Because my prayer for the past couple of years is, God, I want to die. I want to be a martyr, right? But God, I remember, you know the reason why I got this tattoo is so I could wake up early in the morning, but I didn't. And I failed. And this thing became a source of con- condemnation for me for a long time, right? Because God was speaking to me, if you really want to die, if you think you could die for me, can you wake up early in the morning for me? If you can't even wake up early in the morning for me, how do you expect to die for me? You know? And I was like, okay, then I'm going to do this. And then it, I just failed. And God was like, no, it's okay. I, I, I gave you that tattoo for a reason, right? 
I gave you that for a reason because I want to mark you, especially today, as a symbol and as a sign that you're going to be marked for prayer and for intercession in order to see all of that move, right? I was like, oh, shoot. That's awesome. And so I was up there on the altar, and, and it's something that we've all been talking about, right? That actually real Christianity and to really see God's purposes accomplished on earth requires your life. Romans chapter 12, right? You have to be a living sacrifice. It's not just, oh, I'll be a living sacrifice and I'll, I'll just sing louder and I'll just pray more and I'll just do that. It's like, no, like, you know, a sacrifice dies and a sacrifice, I mean, a good thing about a sacrifice is it's lit on fire, right? And I want to be lit on fire. But the thing is, you die, right? And it's so awesome because I've been praying Galatians 2.20 for the past three months, right? Like, God, I... I want to know what that reality is like, right? It's no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I wanted to know that. And when I saw Lou Engel, I was like, that man is a Galatians 2.20 man. And I said, I want to be a Galatians 2.20 man, right? And in Galatians 5, he says, if we live by the Spirit, and I believe many of us here live by the Spirit, why are we not walking in the Spirit? Because walking in the Spirit, to be honest, is the walk of death, Right? Where you just, every step that you take, you got to die more and more so that Galatians 2.20 can be fulfilled, so that Christ can live inside of you, right? And so that, that's the bit, that was like the hugest, like, dude, man, like before I was like, man, I don't yeah, America, you know, I love America, da, 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 I want to go, but I want to go there. But now it's like, screw there, because I, I realized there's such a big purpose for all of us to be here. We were talking about a hero generation. And that thing moved me like crazy. And, and, he, and the guy was talking about how the reason why we all love superhero movies so much is because we know in our hearts that we're called to be heroes. Because every 100 years, God, God calls upon a hero generation in order to stir up something new. And that's what I really believe for everyone here, right? That global missions cannot happen if America falls, right? That America needs to stay the hegemonic power in the world in order for global missions to freely circulate all across the world. And so if that's my calling in the whole thing in this huge global harvest, then I want to make sure America is healthy. I want to make sure America is good. I want to make sure America still, still remains in power so that all the rest of you guys can go off and do what I want to do, right? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I really believe that what everyone was sharing right? And what everyone that didn't share and who was there received was something, was this, was the call to die, right? Was the call to die so that something may live, right? That to share in the resurrection power. How can you share in the resurrection power if you don't die first, right? And how can you only die this one moment when he says to pick up your cross daily, right? And to deny yourself and to die over and over and over and over again. We're not there yet, but we can all do it together. Amen? There's something really special and I think there's something really unique about our generation, right? And we, and we have to continue to seek God with all our hearts, like Stephanie was saying, the intimacy. But I think what, what a lot of other people, what we received revelation on was intimacy and as well as, you know, the dominion aspect, right? To really go out and to proclaim Jesus and to really make him known. And, 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 and that's it. You know, like navigators, the... the, the the mission statement is to know Christ and to make him known. Like, it's, it's the simplest thing, but it's the most moving and telling thing. Like, that's the best mission statement I've ever read, you know? Like, it encompasses so much. And so, yeah, that's what I wanted to impart today, that, that, 
that hey man like you know we're gonna we're gonna look weird and we're gonna look funky and like you know but i want to i want us to be unashamed of who we are and who god has called us to be right that hey dude i'm just gonna say right now that all of us here and all the other people who didn't share but went like i, I believe we got marked i believe that we, we we were set on fire and you're probably going to be looking at a new new steph and a new sam and a new grace and a, and a new justin new josh new sam new jolliver who else went new everyone like new pastor dennis like new everything you know so yeah just want to pray now god i just i just impart faith into my brothers and my sisters lord that father we would remember that the main thing god is to love you but that but that god you call us not just for our own personal relationship but you call us for the world lord I pray, God, that you would give us ears to hear and a softened heart, God, to receive your word and that your word would bear good fruit in our future, Lord. Not for us, Lord, not so that we can be good people, not not so that we can be known and have favor with all men, but that, Father, that your name may be known, that your name may be proclaimed and glorified and exalted everywhere to the ends of the earth, Lord. So I pray, God, that as we were set on fire, God, that you would just share this fire with our brothers and our sisters, God, that they would really catch the vision and help them to see oh holy spirit would you fill this room would you speak to people and would you bring about new dreams and visions for their lives god not just as we were saying not individualistically but god in the corporate sense lord so father god we ask for grace in this day we love you so much lord would you continue to be with us walk close to us lead us support us and be right here by our side we love you so much and we pray this in jesus name Amen. Stay up here, guys. Worship team, can we come up? I'm gonna. Oh, Sam. Uh, um, I'm just gonna sit down. Okay. Uh, hello. Okay. Um, so I probably shouldn't be the one going last, God. But um, so today, um, I also went. We also went with you guys to um, Content America. Um, and today I went today for lunch I had uh, in and out and so I was like eating my burger and then next to me they're like this couple with like five kids um, and they're having like a conversation talking about like Millennials right because we're like the millennial generation and then so the mom was saying how Millennials are the ones who um, are very idealistic and they have like um, like a lot of ideals um, and then I was like listening and then I was like, okay, I kind of agree with that. We have like a lot of ideals and we want to be like the heroes in most circumstances. Um, But then um, during the conference, like we had one of the days they had um, a time where there was a lot of healing for like like sons, um, like our age. And then where like the, we would go up to the front and like fathers would come and pray for us because um, to heal like our hearts from a lot of like wounding from like family and a lot of like um, hardness of heart um, towards like the older generation from like when we would be hurt like growing up like where our fathers or moms didn't really care for us or like they didn't like see us when we were in need Um, and then so I felt like um, like I, I knew that the Lord was like tugging on my heart like this is, you need to go up for this. Um, Cause I felt a lot of like pride in my heart. Um, 
And so I went up, and then some of the fathers came over me and started praying for me. Um, and then just a lot of, when they were praying for me, a lot of, like, pride came up out of my heart of, um, like, of, like, my father, um, like, pride against him, like, like, thoughts of, like, my father wasn't, like, really there verbally for me, or he wasn't really there to be able to connect emotionally, um, with me in relationship, um, and then I just really needed to, like, let that go, and just empty my heart of all, like, the pride that was in it, because the pride really keeps, kept me from being able to open up to my family, and being able to, um, sort of enjoy, like, the goodness of God in our, in our relationships, um, so I just think that God really used that time, and it was really powerful, um, because it kind of showed how, um, some of the things that I felt like I needed and that people didn't give me were actually because of, like, the pride inside my heart, and that I wasn't able to receive it, um, so I'm just gonna pray right now, and then, um, yeah, and, the, yeah, um, dear God, thank you for, um, all of us um, in this room right now, and that you care for each of our hearts, Lord. Um, and I thank you, God, um, for the relationships um, in our families and our parents. Um, I pray that um, the Holy Spirit would really touch um, the parts in our hearts that we haven't, um, that we haven't, that we've kind of hardened our heart because we have sort of, um, because of the pride that we aren't able to receive from um, our mothers and fathers and also like those that are in leadership over us. Um, I pray that um, throughout this week that you would really highlight those things in our hearts um, that, that are keeping us from um, being able to open up to um, our dads and moms and open up to the older generation um, to receive healing. Um, it says in the word that um, you're, you're gonna turn the hearts of the fathers to the sons and the sons to the fathers. Um, and we pray that we won't be like a prideful generation um, that thinks like we can do it all ourselves, um, but that um, really I pray that your arms would just come around us and for fathers and mothers in our lives to just be able to support and carry us and pour into us um, along the way and along the journey. In Jesus' name, amen.